What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Be Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, coming to you on Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. And we are talking about tonight one heck of a performance by Adam Wainwright. Welcome in, folks, as Waino. We talked about it on last night's episode. Felt like tonight could be a night where he might just do something special. Well, that's exactly what he did. A two-hit shutout of the Pittsburgh Pirates in 88-pitch Maddox as the Cardinals defeat Pittsburgh 4-0 on Wednesday night at PNC Park. Just vintage Adam Wainwright, and you just have to be impressed with the way he has gone about his business this season. Just days away, just a few weeks away from his 40th birthday, he could do this for as long as he wants to. You know, I know he said this would be his last year, maybe next year, do one more. But Adam Wainwright just continues to impress. Time is of no substance to this man who continues to look as good as he has throughout any point in his career, stacking up those complete games over the last couple of seasons, rising to the occasion, coming up with big outings time after time. Tonight it was nine innings, two hits, zero walks, and zero runs with seven strikeouts. And on top of all that, Wainwright does something that he has struggled with this season and performs offensively as well, coming away with a couple of hits including a ground rule double that should have been an RBI had it not cleared the wall, and then later on tacking on an RBI single. So a two-hit night for Wainwright in addition to his mastery on the mound. Bravo, Adam Wainwright. Cardinals now win the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. They'll have an opportunity to go for the sweep on Thursday afternoon. It'll be an early game on Thursday, so hopefully you're getting your podcast listening in early in the day, and if not, you can always catch up because we're going to settle in for this episode to discuss Wainwright, to discuss some of the more impressive plays that happened during the game. Harrison Bader deserves some props as well for helping Wainwright to the finish there with three really good catches over the course of the final two innings. He had one brilliant diving play to end the eighth and then was pretty fun to watch him with the uh, deep fly ball to center field that he caught up against the wall to begin the ninth, and he's right there in front of the Cardinals visiting bullpen, and it's like a chain-link fence there at PNC Park, and so Bader able to interact a little bit with the bullpen after making a nice catch, and then another diving play to his right. Bader just covers so much ground and does a great job defensively for the Cardinals out there in center field, commanding things as one of the leaders of the defense, and tonight he was on his game to be sure. Offensively, Wasn't a great start for the Cardinals tonight against Will Crow. We talked last night how the Cardinals had the pitching advantage coming into this game, figuring that Wainwright over Crow would certainly be something that tilts things in the Cardinals' direction. But through the first few innings of this game, the Cardinals were without a hit. Wasn't until the fourth inning that they picked up their first base knock, and Wainwright gave up the first hit of his night. Both the hits coming to the same batter, Colin Moran, And the first one actually nicked off of Wainwright's glove and might have been an out if he just let it go. But there was no no no-hitter stuff, and I think sometimes that's when a pitcher can be at his best when you don't have to worry about those things as the outing goes along. Wainwright gets the cheap one out of the way early. I think he was even erased on a double play and everything good to go from there for Adam Wainwright. But the Cardinals first get on the board with a run in the fourth inning, and that's also when they collected their first hit. And Yadier Molina, what can we say that has not already been said about 
the clutch efforts of this guy. You look at his numbers throughout the season. On the year for Yachty right now, he's hitting two fifty three with a six seventy seven OPS. So nothing out of this world, nothing that boggles the mind. But legitimately, every time this guy comes up with an opportunity to punch in a run, you just have a really good feeling about what is going to happen next. Danny Mack was saying it on the broadcast just before his at-bat tonight. I believe 341 average with runners in scoring position. He has just been able to do it throughout his career, but we're seeing it now. It's so impressive at his age when you would think the skills would be declining a little bit. He just has that knack to be able to come through in a clutch situation. And that was an interesting play on his hit to left field. You've got Nolan Arenado running the bases, Paul Goldschmidt chugging around third, trying to score that run. And you see a play that at first glance looks like it's probably a a mistake by Nolan Arenado coming around second base, gets himself caught into a rundown, eventually was chased back to the second base bag and tagged out there to end the inning. But that's a situation in a 0-0 tied score. We've seen Yadier Molina do this as well on the bases. Arnado probably gets himself into that rundown just to guarantee that the run scores because if if they're tracking toward Goldschmidt at home plate, they've got a decent chance of getting him. If you look at the replay, wasn't a guarantee that Goldie was going to be up safe at home plate. And so in a tie game that early in the game, you figure, hey, we're going to go ahead and guarantee the end of the inning, but we're also going to take the lead. And so that's a, a trade-off that you, you see sometimes veteran base runners make. We had one instance of this with Yachty earlier in the season, and I think we even talked about it and wondered, eh, I don't know if he needed to do it in that case because I think he had Tyler O'Neill running. This was a couple of months ago, so I don't remember it too vividly, but I think it was O'Neill that was running, and he was probably going to make it home. In this case, Goldschmidt, if you look at the replay, not entirely convinced that Goldie would have been up, and so you can go ahead and rather than uh, chide Arenado for that play, I think you can give him some credit because it guaranteed the Cardinals a one nothing lead at that point in time. And then later with Adam Wainwright, man, you hate the ground rule double, just a little bit of bad luck after he burns the left fielder with a double. But the fact that it goes over the wall means the runner could not score from first. Cardinals end up loading the bases after the Pirates walk the next guy, and you get into a situation where total opportunity to bust the game open. Cardinals were not able to do it in that situation but they come up with their runs in the following inning in the sixth. I'm really hoping that by the end of this season, we're going to see Paul DeYoung with a more Paul DeYoung-like batting line, and nights like tonight are going to contribute to that possibly being the case. He's got the batting average up now to 204 after a big 2-for-4 evening in which he scored a run and drove in two with a double there in the sixth inning. To the opposite field, the OPS now at 686 for DeYoung. More and more lately, it seems like we're finding Paul DeYoung injecting himself into the game offensively, making things happen. That would be such a boost for the Cardinals to get some consistency from him as he looked throughout the rest of the lineup. Tyler O'Neill has still got the OPS above 850 there, but Harrison Bader has definitely trailed off, has struggled of late. 793 is his OPS, and you can recall a time where he was above 900. So definitely trailing in the wrong direction for him. But uh, elsewhere in the lineup, Cardinals get some contributions. A base hit for Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado apiece. And we mentioned Yachty and DeYoung both with the two for four nights. And Adam Wainwright with the two for four raises his batting average for the season to 0.75. So Wainwright at the end of the day is not going to be uh, too thrilled with the way his offensive efforts have gone this season and what could be not only the final season of his career potentially, but even if it's not, I think it'll be the final season in which he takes any at-bats given the DH is probably going to be in play for 2022. 
Uh, not the way he would like to go out at the plate, but he's certainly starting to put together some better at-bats. You remember uh, a recent series at Bush Stadium, and it might have been his last start, when he started to make some at-bats. He had that, it was like a 10-pitch at-bat where he lined out to the left side of the infield but ended up reaching via a third baseman's throwing error. And so we talk about how he was rewarded in that situation for the good at-bat that he had. And tonight... Two more good swings that he put on the baseball and was able to help himself. Uh, like I said, could have helped himself a little bit more. Had his double, the, the best hit he had of the two, not gone over the wall because it cost him an RBI in doing so. And, you know, the Cardinals mentality at that point in the, in the fifth inning where you, you miss an opportunity with the bases loaded to really take advantage of something and try to take a losing team like the Pirates and put them where they belong. Don't give them any semblance of hope in the game. And to miss out on that spot after you hadn't really been able to come through too often so far in the evening offensively, it's just a one nothing game at that point. You know, you could you could get a little dejected and you could feel like, oh man, we, we missed an opportunity there to really put him in their place. But you got Wainwright on the mound. That's going to give you a lot of confidence. Obviously, with the job that he does over the course of the rest of the night would prove that. But to be able to come back in the sixth inning and start another rally and find a way to add on the way they did, uh, you know, again, you're only scoring four runs, so I don't think the Cardinals' offense is quite there yet, but we're talking about enough these in a row where they are coming up with the hits when they need to to contribute, to give their pitching staff an opportunity to say, hey, you just got to hold it here. We're going to get you your four. Just be able to execute and do your job, and we're going to come away with the win. And tonight, the pitching staff was just Adam Wainwright. He's the only guy you had to worry about, and that's just the way he would draw it up if he had his had his druthers every time he goes out on the mound. And again, against the Pittsburgh Pirates, it just felt like, yeah, this could be an opportunity that Wainwright really could kind of take command of a start and put the Cardinals in a position where you can save the bullpen. You know you've got a day game coming back the next night on, or I should say the next day on Thursday, 11.35 Central start time for that game. And so you put the Cardinals in a position to say, hey, we'll save the bullpen. You can throw anybody and everybody that you need to in that game on Thursday to try and win it. It's a getaway day, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what the Cardinals lineup ends up looking like. But in reality, every game is important. And so anybody that gives you your best chance to win, that's who the Cardinals have got to put into the lineup on Thursday afternoon. It's going to be an important start for Cardinals lefty Wade LeBlanc, who would love nothing more than to continue piling up good starts for St. Louis. His last two have been particularly strong as he's gone 11 and two-thirds over the course of those two games, allowing just three runs. Six innings, two runs against Atlanta, and then back on July 30th against the Twins was five and two-thirds of one-run ball. He's been better at home for the Cardinals than he has been in his starts on the road. Just looking back at his recent outings for St. Louis, been a little bit more troublesome at Cincinnati and Chicago, whose last two road starts he only reached a total of seven innings though he did have that solid outing in Colorado where he went five and two-thirds of three hit ball and did not allow a run so right now looking at Wade LeBlanc as one of the kind of veteran stables in this rotation guy who's been able to keep things steady you look at all his starts he's had for the Cardinals has not had a game in which he's allowed more than three runs in an outing now some of those outings were three innings and four innings respectively and so you know, those don't give you as good of a chance. But when you're not getting blown out in the early innings, that's at least something. And it gives the Cardinals bats a chance to say, hey, it's now our turn 
to back up our guy. They didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot on Wednesday night, and so Thursday afternoon we'll see how Wade LeBlanc fares against the Pittsburgh Pirates. But really, if we're summarizing tonight's action, it's all about Adam Wainwright, and really for the Cardinals this season in a lot of ways has been all about Adam Wainwright. The Cardinals now, they are that one game above five hundred. When you play the Pirates, you would love the chance to add to that and have this be the time the Cardinals can extend a little bit more and get away from that 500 mark as quickly and as far away from it as possible. And so that would be ideal. But the the way they've performed this season, it's it's been kind of a magnet for them. And there haven't been a whole lot of decidedly, unashamedly bright spots to this team. Adam Wainwright has been one of them. And again, we've talked about wondering whether he'll be back for next season. I'm sure that's not an answer we're going to get until after this season is complete. Wainwright has been in a mode of taking things one game at a time. But when you look at the way he's performing this season, stacking up across pitchers in the National League, I think it's worthwhile to see where some of his statistics match up against some of the best from the league. Like, this is a guy, the way he's performing right now, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets some consideration for some Cy Young votes. Down the ballot, you know, he's not... The ERA is in the low threes. He secured his 11th win in the game on Wednesday night. The strikeouts are not really quite where you'd think they would need to be, but he's now up to 137 on the season. Wainwright's got a chance to surpass his uh, best strikeout total since 2014 if he gets a few more solid games with, with decent K totals. Back in 2016, he had 161 Ks. 2019, 153. He's up to 137 now. So with uh, about a month and a half remaining in the season, he'll have some more starts in him and could end up uh, reaching totals that he has not seen in quite some time. But talking in the context of Cy Young, it's tough to be able to get his K numbers to that of some of the elite strikeout pitchers in the league. But even with the, the crafty stuff that Wainwright comes to the table with this season among National League starters this year. He ranks relatively highly in strikeouts, even tied for 16th at 137, and is even a little bit better than that in earned run average. 3.27 after tonight puts him in 11th in the league, so not quite there, you know, for Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta, all guys below 2.3 for ERA, so Wainwright about a full run more than some of those guys, and when you get consideration for Cy Young, I think that's going to be a primary driver, so Wainwright maybe not quite in that conversation, but here's one element that I think should get him maybe some down-ballot votes if he continues on this trajectory. He's second in innings in the National League right now at 148 and two-thirds. He's been an absolute innings eater for the Cardinals, so far this season has had so many starts where he goes seven or more, and that's even in in outings where within the first couple of innings he's allowing two runs, three runs, he finds a way to settle in and go off the sheet. It's just incredible what he's able to do after you can remember several seasons ago, just didn't have the stuff that could fool anybody, was giving up hard contact, was not himself. This is Adam Wainwright at his finest, and he's doing it with not velocity. I mean, he'll be the first to talk about the fact that he's not a guy who throws hard and never really has been, but even back in his in younger days, he would 
be able to pump it up to 94, 95 on, on rare occasions. But he's 88, 89 miles per hour. But uh, if you can do that for 88 pitches as he did tonight and get out of a game without allowing more than two base runners on one an infield single, I mean, Adam Wainwright is has been masterful. Cardinals could use him for sure in 2022. I don't know what they got to do to convince him to come back. But when you look around at the rotation, we've seen it in 2021. You can never have too much pitching. And the way he's performing, absolutely he is an ace. I mean, even at this stage in his career at age 39 going on 40, Adam Wainwright is performing like an ace. I mean, when you when you read those ranks in the National League, you know, there's 15 teams in the league and only 10 starters that are qualified better than him in ERA. So that puts him among, you know, a certain number one across the National League. And I, I imagine if you if you standard that out to the major leagues and include the American League as well, he's probably going to rank pretty favorably in earned run average among that group as well. So just really impressive stuff that Adam Wainwright has been able to do this season. He's doing it last year. He's getting sharper as he goes. And the Cardinals have got to be pretty grateful for him because we talked about where they are in the standings. Uh, It's not great, and it would be even worse without Adam Wainwright and the job that he's done in 2021. I did go ahead and take a look. If you just look at all qualified starters in the majors, Adam Wainwright ranks number 16 in ERA. We talked about where he was with regard to strikeouts. Innings pitched, I bet if we sort it that way real quick across all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, he's not only number two in the National League, he's number two in all of Major League Baseball. Going deep into games has been an absolute workhorse for the Cardinals during a year where the rotation is kind of uh, falling apart around him at times with the injuries the Cardinals have sustained. And you can look back to the month of June where it wasn't necessarily all injury-related. I mean, they were missing Flaherty at that time and Michaelis as well. But... During that month, there was nobody but Adam Wainwright who was reliable for this team every fifth day. And he held things together and was able to keep keep it strong to minimize the damage that the Cardinals endured throughout that month. And and now it seems like the reinforcements are not only on the way, but some of them already here and what they've been able to get from Wade LeBlanc stabilizing thing. We mentioned that we'll see him on Thursday. Over the weekend, Cardinals are going to get Jack Flaherty back. He initially was hoping he would be in this Pittsburgh series. Cardinals electing to push him back a little bit further. He'll pitch on Friday in Kansas City, and that'll be a benefit, as we talked about yesterday, because he won't have to bat and won't have to worry about that element of his game, which is a benefit after he aggravated the oblique situation with a swing at the plate in his start on May 31st. So Flaherty getting back to things on Friday, and then you'll have Lester Happ as well joining him over the weekend. So remember that little stretch of games against the Royals and Pirates that the Cardinals had coming up. It was going to be 16 of them throughout this month. They took care of two of three against Kansas City, now two in a row against the Pirates, and so they're four and one in those games. Thursday, a chance to make it five and one, and then you'll get more of the Royals 10-6 Uh, and six was maybe where we had him pegged before they got swept to the Atlanta Braves in that series. That kind of ratcheted up the pressure. And the Cardinals right now are answering the bell. The Brewers continue to have a good record. Cardinals are within seven and a half of the Padres, but it's not going to be easy. You just can't think about the standings. I'm going to be talking about that a lot. Even as the Cardinals maybe continue to rack up some wins here, they're looking a lot better 
Uh, they're, they're performing in various aspects of the game. On nights where you get nine from your starter, it's kind of hard not to look good because they didn't need the bullpen. But now the bullpen should be rested and ready to go, so I don't see any reason that you wouldn't have Cabrera, Gallegos, and Reyes available for three to four innings total out of the bullpen tomorrow. And with Wade LeBlanc, that might be the formula. You get five innings out of him, one or two run baseball. You get the bullpen to lock things down. You win a game five to two, and you fly to Kansas City and try and do it again against the Royals. So Cardinals in a position right now where they're a lot more fun to watch. This was a, a fun game, certainly, on Wednesday with the marvelous things coming out of the uh, right hand of Adam Wainwright. So he's getting the job done. Yadier Molina still doing some good things. We're seeing better plate appearances by Paul DeYoung. That's definitely a plus. And the Bader defense is a, a cherry on top. So Cardinals getting it done on Wednesday. We'll see what Thursday ends up looking like with the day game. Make sure you you set your alarms. Don't forget it's 1135 on Thursday. So keep tabs of that throughout your work day and We'll see then what the Cardinals are able to do over the weekend. So we'll be back with another episode, though, tomorrow to recap the finale in Pittsburgh. Should be a great opportunity for the Cardinals to collect a sweep. They've had a lot of success at PNC Park under the tenure of Mike Schultz. I believe I saw a, a tweet after today's game. The Cardinals are 18-3 and at PNC under Mike Schultz. So they go to Pittsburgh. They win games. That has been the formula, and they're continuing it this week. One more game to go, and we'll talk about how they fare on Thursday's B-Shape Daily. Make sure you don't miss an episode. You can do so by subscribing. Go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, type in B-Shape Daily, hit the subscribe button, and you'll be all over future episodes as we bring them to you. I appreciate you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time, Thursday afternoon or evening, on B-Shape Daily. Peace!